You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of 12 Years a Slave. I want to ask you what part of the country you come from. I originate from Canada. I guess where that is. Well, I know where Canada is. I've been there myself. Well, travel for a slave. Solomon Northup is an expert player on the violin. I was born a free man, lived with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped. Sold into slavery. Well, boy, how you feel now? My name is Solomon North. I'm a free man. And you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway. We're down to the river Jordan. And that servant that don't obey his lord shall be beaten with many stripes. That's scripture. The condition of your laborers, it's all wrong. They're my property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. Speak! Man does how he pleases with his property. You come here. I say come here! Days ago, I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. My soul arising. Well, I don't want to survive. I want to live. I thought you knowed something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the instruction. Master brought you here to work. Anymore, I'll learn you a hundred lashes. I know what it's like to be the object of Master's lash. No! In his own time, good Lord will manage them all. I will survive! I will not fall into despair! I will keep myself hardy till freedom is opportune! Everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for 12 Years a Slave, and the story is as follows. In the years before the Civil War, Solomon Northup, a free black man from upstate New York, is kidnapped and sold into slavery in the South. Subjected to the cruelty of one malevolent owner, he also finds unexpected kindness from another as he struggles continually to survive and maintain some of his dignity. Then, in the 12th year of the disheartening ordeal, a chance meeting with an abolitionist from Canada changes Solomon's life forever. The film is starring Chiwetel Ejiofor, Michael Fassbender, Lupita Nyong'o, Benedict Cumberbatch, Paul Dano, Paul Giamatti, Sarah Paulson, Brad Pitt, and Alfre Woodard. It is directed by Steve McQueen, written by John Ridley. Here to join me today for this 2013 throwback podcast Patreon review, I have Nicole Ackman. Hi, everybody. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Will Mavity. Hello. Casey Lee Clark. Hello. And Dan Baer. Hi, y'all. All right, everyone, this is it. The end of our 2013 retrospective. The best picture winner of 2013, 12 Years a Slave, a movie which went on to earn very strong box office results, three Academy Awards, including Best Picture, as I said before. Critical acclaim instantly heralded uh, as a masterpiece upon its release. It is a movie that holds extraordinary power based on an extraordinary true story of an extraordinary life of one man, Solomon Northup. It is a movie that means a great deal to me and I know to many others here. And also, uh, we have some first-time watches amongst us as well, which is a lot of fun. So, 
let's dive into it. Let's put an end to our 2013 retrospective with 12 Years a Slave. Starting off first with the man of reason, Josh Parm. What do you think of 12 Years a Slave? Well, I appreciate uh, the intro with that, Matt. Um, what do I think of 12 Years a Slave? I think that it is uh, a masterpiece. Uh, this is my favorite movie of 2013. I think it's one of the best movies of the past decade, honestly. And what I find so interesting about this movie is that it, you know, it takes a look at a narrative that we have seen in other movies, not this specific one, but the idea of looking back at slavery at this very dark chapter of American history and and trying to comment on it with some perspective. But I think the uniqueness of this film is that it allows for Steve McQueen's artistry to come through this very meticulous vision that he has that never feels exploitative, but it does still feel so vivid and lived in. And I think that gives you a great perspective with what these characters are going through and just what this environment is like. And I find that to be so incredibly powerful as I'm watching it. And I think when you combine that with this really intriguing screenplay that has some of this like lyrical dialogue that feels very appropriate, but also these great themes running throughout and just every performance in this ensemble that is just absolutely extraordinary. I just think you have a recipe for truly one of the great cinematic achievements out there. And as I said, I think it is definitely one of the best films ever made. Man, I echo so much of what you just said right there that you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. I'm going to have to follow that up later. But until I do that, passing it over next to Casey Lee Clark. So this was my first full viewing of the film. Um, I had seen chunks before. I think at one point when I was home, my mom was watching some of it on TV. So I watched like half an hour somewhere in the middle. Um, and I'd seen clips from all these things. I had put off watching it in full because I knew it would be a difficult watch and a very emotional experience. But this gave me the perfect opportunity. And yeah, what a film. I mean, Steve McQueen is one of my favorite directors working today, and he's one of the best. I think what he does with the camera and the types of performances that he gets out of people, I think he's just such a fascinating filmmaker. I think this film just looks so beautiful. Sean Bobbitt's cinematography is incredible. I love the score. So many of the performances are so good. I'm so well, I'm sure we'll talk about, like, go through the whole list of everyone in this movie, even down to, like, the bit character actors that have some great moments um i just think yeah it's really a tremendous film what more what more can be said <laughs> what more can be said indeed with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details hey, hey there. there i'm hannah and i'm audrey we are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover, Sleepover Cinema, Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we 
even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Will Mavity, do you have an answer to that question? What do you think of 12 Years a Slave? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I do think it is one of the rare films that deserves the masterpiece description. It's one of those films where literally every aspect is firing on all cylinders. The, uh, the cinematography is lush and gorgeous. And then also, you, you know, executes these just gut punches like the film's big long take. The editing is interesting, focusing on cutting between close-ups of him tuning his violin. Um, the, uh, the sound is good. The chopping of sugar cane, the way the camera moves through those fields. It's just... You know, it, it, it is nothing short of a spectacular film. I guess if we want to have anything that can be considered criticism, not a fan of Hans Zimmer's score. Glad that he wasn't nominated for that. Uh, that is that in the um, unfortunate cameo that I know they had to do for financing reasons are the only two things I can say that basically aren't perfect about it because the rest is just chef's kiss. All right. I'm sure we'll dive deeper into those two criticisms here in a little bit. But before we do so, next up, Nicole Ackman. So this is the first time watch for me as well. And <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I, I honestly kind of put it off for a bit because I knew that it was going to be a brutal film to actually like sit through an experience. And I was correct. It, it is a brutal very difficult watch, and that is a testimony to how good it is. Uh, it's really exquisitely made with fantastic performances, but also I just have to say, like, I really appreciate the movie, not just as a person who loves film, but also as a historian, because I do think it is probably the most accurate portrayal we've ever had on screen of what slavery in the American South was actually like. And I think that that is hugely to the movie's credit, that it, it really does stand as, um, you know, kind of an, an important piece of work in that aspect, too, and almost like a public education type of, of work. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, too. I remember when this movie came out and this often gets thrown around. Sometimes people will say stuff like, oh, they should teach that in schools. And obviously there are certain things that you can't show in schools because of the content involved. But. Uh, I do feel, to your point, Nicole, in terms of historical accuracy and really just kind of encapsulating this quote-unquote subgenre of film, like Josh was saying before, because there have been other movies that have presented uh, slavery on camera, but none quite like this. And also just delivering a very, very good story in a very artful way where it doesn't feel uh, distasteful. Uh, you mentioned before that it's a very, very brutal film, but it compensates for that brutality with a level of artistry that uh, makes it manageable, I think, in some ways. I also think that like part of that, too, the part of the fact that it doesn't feel sort of uh, exploitative or anything like that yeah. is the fact that it is genuinely based on the autobiography of this man yep. who is describing his real life experiences. And, and I did some research into how accurate it is to the autobiography. And for the most part, it's actually fairly accurate. Like uh, I saw something that said it's about probably 90% accurate to it, which for a historical film is remarkable. So I think the fact that it is so steeped in truth 
also sort of helps justify the brutality of the movie and and give a, a real reason that we are actually seeing that. Totally. Dan Baer. Well, I hate to be the one to break up the love fast. Wow. But I'm not going to do that because oh. there's. <laughs> oh, you got me. You got yeah, me good. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, Dan. <laughs> Sorry. I just. That was well done. That You had me going there. <laughs> Thank you. There is nothing bad that can be said about this movie. It's really rare that you sit in a theater to watch a movie, a new release movie for the first time and just like watch an actual masterpiece unfold on the screen in front of you and like, and know the whole way through that that's what's happening. I think pretty much from the first frames, this is just perfection. It cinematic perfection. It really is. The thing that gets me about this, particularly on this rewatch is how much of a visceral film this is and how it does that without using a lot of cinematic tricks that usually make things visceral. There are not a lot of whip pans or fast cuts or overblown music there. It is just very patient and the camera work, the brilliant genius camera work by Sean Bobbitt does the work in immersing you in this world. You're down there in that Southern heat and you feel it. You feel the muck and the grime from the sweat that, you know, is forming on your skin. You feel all these things. And then you feel all these other physical things that you should not be able to feel because cinema is an audiovisual medium but you feel it you feel the rope around solomon's neck you feel the lash against his back you feel sarah paulson's nail in lupita nyango's cheek it is really truly an incredible piece of filmmaking and it's not often that you get something about an historical event as godforsakenly awful as the period of America where it was where people were enslaved, it's very hard to get a film about that right about to not to make it feel bad but not too bad and make it feel uplifting but not too uplifting and to really take you on the journey that is as close as you can get to the people who lived it and this movie, Steve McQueen threads that needle so beautifully. And there's not much else left to say about it. I mean, we'll get into specifics, but it's Josh is absolutely right. It's a masterpiece. This film made it world premiere at the Telluride Film Festival as a special secret screening. 
Uh, I remember it played at the New York Film Festival, but I didn't see it uh, there. Uh, I heard all the buzz about it, and I eventually went to New York and I saw it with my uh, with my grandmother of all people. Um, my my grandmother is someone who's always encouraged my movie watching habits, and she's a pretty big cinephile as well. So she'll watch anything. She doesn't care what it is, what genre. She'll she'll watch anything I put in front of her. So she was always my movie watching uh, buddy. So we both went in and we both saw this movie together. And I sobbed like a baby watching this movie. Um, even today, 2021, eight years later, uh, this is maybe my fifth time watching this movie. Fifth? Yeah, well, because I've shown it to people over the years. I've shown it oh, to my okay. sister, to my parents. Um, I think I probably rewatched it once or twice uh, during the uh, award season and then after it came out on Blu-ray and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think I could watch it that many times. <laughs> well, I, I, I will admit that for me, there's something that this movie does to me on an emotional level. And I mentioned before, like I, I cry every time I watch this film. I'm fascinated with my intense reactions to movies so if a movie makes me have that kind of response i'm always very curious to want to revisit that in some form or fashion to get a better understanding uh, of myself and then also too of the level of skill that is being put on display to get me to feel that way um i think that if you can get your um audience member to laugh during a comedy to cry during you know a drama or to feel fear during a horror film you want to explore why and as someone who's just fascinated by the craft here um steve mcqueen i think as said before is one of the true masters working today uh both now in film and in television or whatever you want to call small acts but he truly is a gifted storyteller and that was already evident with hunger and shame but i think it just went to a whole new level with 12 years a slave and it's crazy too because it's not like it's a big budgeted movie or anything like that up until that point it was definitely his biggest film to date uh and certainly his most expansive and for such an epic story it's also not incredibly long either this is not a two and a half hour long film it's a two a two fifteen uh give or take film and i feel like it's one of those movies where there's not a single scene that is wasted not a single line of dialogue that is wasted every performance is so fine-tuned even if uh maybe some of the celebrity uh one scene cameos can be slightly distracting at times mcqueen at least is able to have these actors deliver very believable performances for the time period and get us to really get um as said before immersed in solomon's story and not just through the words and the actors, but through all the crafts on display as well. We'll, we'll get into all of that here because there's just so much to get into. But I, I think for me, that's why it is also my favorite film of 2013. It is also one of my favorite films of the decade in my top 10 for that matter. And also, um, I think one of the best best picture winners that we've ever had. Um, when it comes to when it comes to displaying a tragedy, uh, a historical tragedy, on this scale, this level, the way that, say, uh, Schindler's listed, and for it to be done in such a way that it could get also recognized and applauded, uh, I feel like 12 Years a Slave did it again uh, many years later. It is a very, very tough watch, but I think an incredibly rewarding one uh, that can really teach you so much about the human spirit. 
Oh, man, I'm getting emotional just talking about it right now. So let's move over to uh, first first point I want to talk about. I think we got to start with the man himself, Solomon Norfolk. We got to talk about Chiwetel Ejiofor in this movie and how prior to this, I think we had all seen Chiwetel Ejiofor in various movies here or there. You know, I'm sure somebody here saw Kinky Boots at one point. I'm sure, uh, you know, people noticed him in Children of Men, but... This was really, for many people, like a revelation of a performance that was being given by him. He wasn't necessarily a newcomer, but it really was quite extraordinary what he pulled off here. Oh, he's great. Yeah. And it's a performance that I think is much more difficult than you would normally think it would be. Because for a lot of this film, he actually has to be rather reserved. Like, it's the Mm -hmm. nature of the character. It's the nature of his survival is that he can't really be a very emotional person. He has to be very reserved and hold things back. And I think that allows for you to notice so much complexity going on beneath the surface so that when those emotions do sort of reach this very high moment and they have to peek through, it feels so much more poignant. And like the ending to this movie, when he reunites with his family, like, oh Oh my my God, God. I I challenge you to watch that scene and not be in a bucket of tears. Like it's so incredibly powerful. Guilty. I failed. Yeah. (laughs) One of the best crying scenes of all time, I think. And he has multiple of them in this movie too. His eyes are just like those perfect movie star eyes. Yeah. They're so big and round and the way they fill up with tears. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt. This is a preview of our throwback review for 12 Years a Slave here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon for Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this hour and 50 minute long review, along with other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.